This is W T M. Watch this movie. What? <laughs> How you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, wait. I drink it up. First, you gotta do the trouble shuffle. Obviously, you're not a golfer. Watch a few movies, take a few notes. W G M. Watch this movie. Welcome back to a brand new edition of WTM Watch This Movie. I am Eric Mulder. My safe word is keep going. Joining me, per usual, is Mr. Positivity Wolfie T. I can't talk too long. I got to poo. What's up? Not too much. It's been a minute. It has been another minute. <laughs> it's been a minute every episode we do recently because it's just so much stuff going on. Yes, a lot of things going on, just uh, in general. That and, uh, well, my grandfather passed away, and I got married. <laughs> two, <laughs> two big things. Yeah, it was uh, a lot of stuff going on in, in Mulder's life. Mm. My life, not so much. Is If you're a listener of the Positively Wolfie podcast, you could kind of tell that I don't have a lot going on. <laughs> Although that's not true right now, because you could probably talk for about 20 minutes on uh, the story of your car. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> have you been talking about it on your other podcast? I haven't, but uh, I guess I could talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> Briefly. <laughs> so I, uh, my check engine light's been kind of, well, it was for most of last year it would be on for a while and then it would turn off and then it'd be on for a while and then it just stayed on and uh so i took it in and uh i had gone to the auto zone to get it read on the the computer and it says oh one of your cylinders is misfiring probably need a new spark plug so i bring it in and they look at it and uh long story short they call me up and they say well uh you need a brand new engine. You need to replace the whole fucking engine. <laughs> and I'm like, what? Uh, that doesn't make any sense. And uh, luckily, I have a, a lifetime powertrain warranty from when I bought the car. And I've done all my service at the dealer where I bought it. So it's still valid. And um, yeah, at first, they're like, well, I don't know if this will be covered by your warranty, but... It's going to be you know, about 9500 for the <laughs> for the repair plus tax. And uh, in order for us to see if the warranty will cover it, you'll have to pay $1,500 for that. I'm like, you already diagnosed it. What the fuck? How are they going to give you a new engine? I thought they didn't make Hemis anymore. They make Hemis. <laughs> but uh, like my, so I have a, I have a Dodge Charger with a Hemi and all-wheel drive. And mine was the last year where you could get that combination together. After that, you could get a Hemi, but not all-wheel drive, or you could get all-wheel drive, but not a Hemi. Um, but they still make Hemis. Now, I don't know if they're going to put a, a brand new engine in there or a refurbished one, because I think it's got to be new or like new. But... Uh, uh, to kind of wrap it up, I did get 
confirmation that it is covered by the warranty, so I don't have to pay the whole thing out of pocket. Thank God. But they've had my car for two weeks now, and I'm still waiting <laughs> for it to come back. <laughs> and uh, they, they said gave, they, they give you a nice soccer mom vehicle to drive around. Yes, they gave me a <laughs> they gave me a, a bright blue <laughs> Jeep Cherokee. <laughs> And it's, it's much less powerful than my charger <laughs> and it's very frustrating to drive it on the freeway <laughs> <laughs> merging is an experience when you don't have that fucking 375 horsepower to you know get you where you need to be in the, in the line of cars mm-hmm. so i don't know it's uh they said they ordered the the part last week and it would be a few days to get it in and then i don't know maybe a day or two to fix it but uh i still don't have it so uh i'm hoping by the end of this week at the at the very latest i'll have my hemi back um i don't know how that works with the speedometer or not the speedometer but the odometer you know like does it reset to zero miles because it's a new engine or like, does it count the miles that I drove on the old engine? Like, I don't know how that works. Yeah, I'm guessing don't you don't know either. But no, I'm gonna have questions when I go pick it up. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't been pushing too hard since they said they'd cover it, so I'm gonna make sure that uh, they don't do anything to jeopardize that. Yeah, you made it out to my wedding <laughs> reception, yeah, it, I should say. I did. It was interesting. I talked to your mom. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's like, oh, you're the one that does the podcast. <laughs> I don't listen to it. Oh, you're the one he talks to. <laughs> I thought he made you up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the other co-hosts were there, too. Uh, Alex is there. Alex Jones. Alex, Alex didn't come over and say hi. He stood at a distance and talked to you and uh, just kind of looked at our table with disgust. <laughs> they were. Uh, they told me they were going to wear masks the whole time, but they didn't. Oh, are they not? Uh, well, disclosing their medical <laughs> <laughs> records. No, they're they're vaxxed, and I don't think they'll mind me saying that they're vaxxed. But they, uh, Sam, his wife, Sam, just had a kid. Oh, a couple months okay. ago. So there's kind of different things they tell you to do with newborns. And obviously you can't vaccinate the baby at right. that age. I heard if you get vaccinated when you're pregnant, it vaccinates the baby. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I just saw a headline that said something like that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, science. I've been uh, reading about um, apparently if you breastfeed, you can pass the antibodies to the baby through the breast milk interesting i think i did see that too yeah there's a lot of mother to child um vaccine transmission mm-hmm. is, is what it seems like yeah the chad was there he was excited to point out that i was the co-host to wtm to everybody who would listen did he mention that he was on like three episodes <laughs> oh, he did he's like i was on there too i'm like dude that was like five years ago <laughs> I think episode 40 was the last one he was on, which was, or like 39, whatever it was, it was somewhere around there. It was Tombstone. It's around the time I started. I think he yeah. did one or two before I joined and then maybe one and then it was after and then that was it. 
Yeah. Your friend, our friend Dan, was uh, he was trying to weasel his way onto the show. I said maybe. Oh yeah. I said uh, we can't do it on Zoom because there's a forty minute limit because we're not paying for fucking Zoom for three people. But uh, maybe if we get together in person. Oh really? There's a if we do three, there's a forty minute limit. Yeah. No shit. Yeah. If you have more than two people, it it kicks you out after forty minutes if you don't pay the premium subscription hmm. and i'm too cheap for that i don't make enough money off my podcast to afford that yeah and we don't make any money off of wtm yeah <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to tell me <laughs> it's all one-way traffic with that uh, <laughs> with that uh, funds just burning a hole in my pocket. <laughs> um, I guess Jason wasn't there, so not all the co-hosts were there. Former well, we co-hosts. Can, we, we kind of forget about him. <laughs> <laughs> How can you forget his contributions to WTM? I just remember when he didn't know what Prince was. What? Like he didn't know, know that. Well, I can't remember. Like we made a, a Prince reference, and he's like, "I don't listen to Prince." It's probably Purple Rain reference. I think it was a Let's Go Crazy or something like that. And then uh, we really, you especially went hard on him about not liking Prince. <laughs> <laughs> this dude who's got musical notes tattooed on his arm. He hates uh, uh, good music. He didn't know any music references that we made the entire time he was the ghost with us. Like he didn't know any pop culture references. Yeah, he used to work for I think it was Interscope, whatever, back when he lived in L.A. That's right. He said he worked with Dr. Dre, didn't he? Yeah, he went and bought Dr. Dre rolling papers. That's right. (laughs) He had to go to the Seven Eleven get rolling papers. (laughs) I remember he told that story. He was a a sound engineer, but he said uh, he said his favorite band was tame impala and we're like what i don't know what that is (laughs) right exactly (laughs) he also deleted all of our episodes to that point so from uh from eric's computer i think i helped with that to defend him a little bit but still no you don't have to (laughs) (laughs) all right well yeah so i'm hitched now Got that out of the way. Off the market. Now everybody's <laughs> gonna be like, "Oh shucks, I missed my chance. Let me <laughs> let me shoot my shot now." <laughs> uh, it's like the George Costanza technique. Remember he he, uh, he used the wet. I forget. Like yeah, he had like a, a experiment where he put a wedding ring on, and then he ended up in that uh, that exclusive club somehow. And then when he took when he lost the ring, like it was just a warehouse and like it was deserted. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's been a long time since I've seen that one. All right. Well, let's get into it. This episode will be a recently seen episode. And I will be completing the movie challenge for the remake of Assault on Precinct. 13 which was is it odd five yes i believe so oh should i go first yeah so yeah so you should go first 
What did you see, Clarice? What did you see? Now, even though I've reactivated my A-list at AMC, (laughs) which, by the way, I did at the end of, I did it on uh, Memorial Day, and they didn't charge me yet, and my my next payment date isn't until June 27th. So I'm getting a full free month of movies mm. from AMC. Nice. Plus, I can officially say I'm a Twitter influencer because I asked why Meet the Blacks 2, aka The House Next Door, was not <laughs> playing at my local AMC on opening weekend. And it was not listed on the release schedule on the movie's official website. And yet, after I complained, it is now playing at my local AMC and no other AMC in the state of Minnesota is playing it. <laughs> I'm looking at uh, the IMDb for the first one. The nice, it's not th- the first one's not that good. With a sterling rating of 4.8, <laughs> and I think I do remember. I think I did see this. Yeah. Although I was mm, under the influence. <laughs> Yeah, not I remember arrest. it not being great. It's a the first one's a purge parody. Yeah, uh, for the most part, I think there might be some other stuff that they parody in there. The second one, Cat Williams moves in next door, and he's a he's a vampire pimp mm. that he tries to pimp Mike uh, Mike Epps's daughter or something. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, fuck it, if it's for free, I'll go see it at the theater. Yeah, but yeah, I don't. Uh, I remember it being, yeah, terrible, pretty much. Having said that, I've been back to the theater <laughs> several times over the last couple of weeks, but I'm gonna review two Netflix movies instead because they're much better than what I've seen in the theater. The first one, being uh, from 2021, and it's called Army of the Dead. And it's directed by our friend Zack Snyder. Restore that Snyderverse. That's right. Hashtag. And it's uh, if you're a Twitter influencer, you should you know make this happen. But for Snyderverse, I should. I think uh, I think Zolly got suspended and I had to go back to an older account. <laughs> <laughs> <We're doing that. laughs> Did he wasn't paying attention? I should look. Shout out to Zolly Becker. Yeah. Twin Cities own Zolly Becker. I was following him and every literally every tweet he hashtag restore the Snyderverse. <laughs> he did, he does do it for every tweet. <laughs> and then like I didn't really really realize it till uh later, but uh I stopped seeing his tweets on my timeline and then uh I noticed that he was responding to other people that I follow with a different account that uh I think he started in like 2017 or something. Okay, I did. Uh, I found him. So, at Keanu Sheev. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I oh. forget what his uh, profile says. Like prof- uh, professional Jewish <laughs> contrarian or something like that. Yeah, and then it says Jew <laughs> slash Jewish. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I like when he, like, when he's offended, like by something that a person in Hollywood does that who happens to be Jewish, he personally forbids them from israel like he bans them from israel (laughs) sure does (laughs) oh 
He's he's a fun guy to follow on there. <laughs> and uh sometimes contributor to Midnight Movie Cowboys. He's on yes. there once in a while. He is. Anyways, Army of the Dead stars Dave Batista, Ella Pernell, Omari Hardwick, Anna de la Reguera, uh, Theo Rossi, Matthias Schweighoffer. Uh, Nora Arnazader, I'm sure I'm saying these correctly. Hiroku or Hiro Yugi Sonata, Garrett Dillahunt, Tignataro, Raul Castillo or Castillo, Huma Kureshi, Samantha Wynn, Richard Citrone, Michael Cassidy. And the synopsis is, following a zombie outbreak in Las Vegas, a group of mercenaries take the ultimate gamble, venturing into the quarantine zone to pull off the greatest heist ever attempted. I think I've mentioned on this show a few times, usually in the past, like I went in with uh, the Zack Snyder movies with misplaced expectations for a lot of his movies. And I didn't care for them on first viewing. This one, I I really, really enjoyed it. Like, it was a lot of fun. I know a lot of people pointed out there's plot holes and shit, or like they mentioned mm-hmm. stuff and then that never never comes back up later. But fuck, I thought it was great. I thought it was, uh, you know, really interesting. I liked the characters. I liked how they interacted with each other. I liked how they kind of built them up. I liked how the zombies were portrayed, especially the... Uh, the two lead zombies, um, Hercules and his his bride, thought they were really cool and uh, interesting in how they were portrayed. Um, was it shot like every other Zack Snyder film? Was it like a Terrence Malick zombie film, basically? No, it was. Um, it was actually quite bright. Most of it shot during the daytime, so it wasn't like the typical you know, dark and grim Zack Snyder stuff. Um, there's a lot of scenes where it's got like a real uh, close depth of field, uh, I believe it's called, mm-hmm. where like only like the characters in the foreground are in focus and then everything else is like super blurry. Yeah. And uh, so they did a lot of that. I think people hated that. I didn't, I got used to it. It's different. It reminded me of the 8K cameras they've been using for uh, like sporting events where it mm. kind of makes it look like a video game almost. Um, yeah. Where it's like super focused on the foreground and then everything else behind it is is blurry. But um, yeah, I thought that. Yeah, the action was great. The, the zombie stuff was cool. They had a lot of cool like extra violence stuff in there, which is pretty sweet. The only like major negative I would say is Tignataro. <laughs> <laughs> and I I think part of it is because I I had read beforehand that they had digitally replaced uh Crystalia with her, you know, after the fact and like she just shot all her scenes by herself. And so like I'm ruining it for anybody who didn't know that, but like, if you know that going in, it's more, it's like pretty obvious. Like she's just by herself reading lines, but also it's really obvious that he wrote the, 
the part for Crystalia. Um, and like Crystalia obviously was canceled because he's kind of a pedophile. So like you can't have a movie, <laughs> you can't have a movie with him in it right now. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> have you seen the video where where he finds out that like people can screenshot and screen record on Snapchat? Uh, I'm not sure if I've seen the video. I, I read an article about it. Maybe they might have had like a screenshot of it. Because he's like, oh a, shit. Yeah, he was on a podcast. <laughs> and like they're t- I don't know what they're talking about. Like they're talking about Snapchat or whatever. And uh it might have been like Joe Rogan or Brennan's job or something. And uh Crystal is like, Yeah, but that stuff gets deleted, right? Like it just automatically disappears and like well, you could screenshot it and like Crystal Leah, just like the realization of all the shit that he was doing on Snapchat with these underage girls, like coming back to him that they could fucking have all that evidence against him. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was something to something to watch. But his his style of uh comedic acting is like completely opposite of what Tignataro does. Like like uh, Crystalia is like super over the top, obnoxious type of like sarcasm, mm-hmm. whereas Tignataro is more of like a like a deadpan. And so, like, I didn't think she was a good fit in that role. Like, th- I think there was so many other comedic actors that they could replace her with that are more similar in style to Crystalia that would have. But done do a they check job. as many boxes as Tignataro? <laughs> Well, I don't know. Like, uh, I assume that's the only thing that Netflix would add an input in, because <laughs> mm-hmm. because pretty much everything else they seem to give Zack Snyder free reign. But yeah, so so Tignataro wasn't very good. Like, she was kind of annoying, and uh, I, I didn't think she was a good uh, casting choice for that. Um, overall, other than that, it was really enjoyable. And I, I would definitely recommend people checking it out. I'm not even super into zombie stuff, and I, I thought it was great. Um, so I don't think it's quite as soonish, uh, but I'll, I'll say WTM eventually for Army of the Dead. Eventually. All right. Well, I went to the Cineplex with the wife, went to the new uh, theater at Mall of America. It's Technically, the theater isn't new, but it has new owners, and it's remodeled again after it was remodeled like two years ago. B and B theaters. Never been to a B and B theater before. I swear, the Mall of America theater was the first AMC theater in Minnesota, and now like every other place is AMC except for that one. So B and B is a chain based in Missouri, founded in 1924, and is the sixth largest theater chain in the u.s bed and uh, breakfast <laughs> <laughs> has uh 53 locations 470 plus screens but when i was in there i'd never been there before and there was a couple of videos from the owner or chairman something like that whoever the face of the franchise the yeah the <laughs> franchise is Gives you a couple uh, video messages thanking you coming back to the theaters, and everyone has like uh, a line they have to say to you whenever they interact with you. The employees, I forget what it is exactly, but it's something like, uh, 
enjoy the magic of the movies or something. It's something with magic of the movies. That's great. And uh, I don't know. It was like overly nice. It was like Chick-fil-A got into the movie theater business. <laughs> it felt like it was a very, like there was no like Christianity was not mentioned or there wasn't any symbols or anything like that. But it felt like Mormons are trying to show me a movie. It was really nice. Yeah. Do they have to wear uh, like formal wear? uh i believe they were wearing all black if okay. i remember correctly i just or remember the black was... and gray combination something i don't know if it's still the case but i think there was a, a theater that i would go to the uh, when i was younger where uh <laughs> they made their employees wear tuxedos and oh really like, yeah and i was like it's not that fancy <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, yeah, it's a little excessive. I'm sure they were cleaning them regularly, too. Yeah. <laughs> Not everything was open there yet. So there was a bar that wasn't operational, I guess. Like they had a bunch of beer taps. Or maybe if it's more of a family-based operation, maybe they're not gonna not gonna have beer. I don't know. Maybe they're gonna remove that feature. Yeah. That was for Cinemax. <laughs> Yes, CMX. Yeah, that uh, <laughs> it was a CMX owned it prior. Before that, I think it was AMC back in the day, right? That's what I was thinking. I was thinking it was AMC before there were other AMCs in the state, and then for some reason that one changed and everything else yeah. turned to AMC. Yeah, last time I saw a movie there was Django Unchained, so it had been a while. Yeah, I was trying to think. I don't. I think I've only been there once or twice. And I was thinking that I saw Jingle all the way there. You must have been at like the premiere. Maybe like it was filmed here. <laughs> well, you, we had to go. Got to have it. a big premiere. We had to go see it. I don't <laughs> think we were at the premiere premiere, but we probably saw it opening weekend. All right. Well, yeah. So I was there, and I saw from the well. I don't know. Can you say it's from 2021? Because it's kind of from 2020. I think technically it's 2021 because it's not. Yeah, but I wasn't sure if there was maybe some advanced screenings or festivals that this movie played at, but probably not. It's a quiet place too. Even quieter. (laughs) Yeah. It's actually not. It's actually less quiet. Yeah, indeed. So So you got the the John Krasinski uh, message before that too? Yep. Yep. Yeah, it was... uh, we got that also. He's the only one narcissistic enough to make that part of his fucking movie showing. <laughs> Thanks for coming to my movie. It's my movie. <laughs> <laughs> and guess who it stars? My wife. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> She's in it, but she doesn't do much. I'll let yeah. you get through it and we'll talk about it because I've right. seen this one too. Directed by John Krasinski, starring Emily Blunt, Millicent Simmons, Killian Murphy, John Krasinski, Noah Jupe, uh, Dumon Ponsu, Scott McNary. Uh, that's about it. Synopsis. Following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world, forced to venture into the unknown 
they realize the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats lurking beyond the sand path. It's poorly worded at the end. Sand path. <laughs> yeah. Lur- lurking beyond the sand path. That does not roll off the tongue. <laughs> it's because the sand path is something <laughs> they made up for the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I like those, uh, those uh, trivia videos or whatever. It's like It would have taken like three tons of sand to make that fucking path from their home to the, <laughs> to the convenience store. I was wondering where they got all this sand. <laughs> they go to a gravel pit. <laughs> right? Like, how did you haul all that? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sequel I wanted. <laughs> how did they make the sand path? So yeah, I liked uh, the first one. It's kind of unique. It wasn't completely original, but original enough, especially for mainstream horror. And I liked the performances. Uh, this one is just kind of more of the same. Like, it's well made, and there's some decent action, but it doesn't really... You know how, like, okay, Alien, great film. Aliens, another great film, but it's a yeah, different, it's different type of great yeah. film. You know, they're like, okay, we're going to get a shit ton of Aliens. And then we're going to make it like an action movie. Yeah. And this one, they like, okay, we're going to show the more of the aliens, mm-hmm. uh, more of them and more of them in general. And, uh, but it doesn't work. I mean, they don't, I guess there, there is more action, I guess, in this one. Right. But um, it isn't more, <laughs> they, they don't really change it into like an action movie. It's not like aliens. I guess what I'm trying to say is aliens succeeded in, like bigger is better and making right. like a good sequel. And this one's just like, well, it's, it's good. But the, you know, doesn't really add a whole lot from the first one. Yeah. I feel like they didn't have an idea. Like they wanted to make a sequel just because the first one did so well, but yeah. like they didn't, they didn't plan on it and didn't have any ideas for what to do for it. And so they're like, he's <laughs> like, hold on a second. We'll just have them. Cause I somewhere. died in the first one. <laughs> spoilers so (laughs) how am i going to start in the second one oh i know i'll just make the first 20 minutes like a prequel (laughs) right yeah which i did enjoy that yeah i didn't mind that part you know i one of the things that i didn't care for or like that that made it not as good is obviously this is another spoiler for the first movie but they they figure out the alien's weakness and how to exploit it and kill them. So like, there's not the danger there anymore of roaming around and being the, you know, caught by aliens. Like, obviously Mm -hmm. they don't want to do it. So they try to stay quiet, but when one shows up, they basically just, all right, we're going to do this. And uh, and then the, the, we're going to kill the alien and then that's it. Zap it quick. And then we'll shoot them. And then we'll go on to our next task. And then also Emily Blunt spends like the whole movie just hanging around with her son who gets, uh, you know, they, they get stuck in one spot, not like necessarily stuck, stuck, but like they're just hanging out for like the whole movie. Like they don't, they don't have anything to do. I thought it was, it was interesting, like how you would raise a baby, a newborn in that environment. Yeah. Um, so they kind of continue, you know, on from the first one, because it, picks up pretty much right where it left off and uh i thought the oxygen was a good 
Yeah, she had a run. A good the bit store. of drama. A nice little MacGuffin there. She had a run um, to the store for five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like with the sun and whatnot. Yeah, she's yeah. missing in action. Uh, Killian Murphy has a pretty big role. I like you know i like i said i i just felt like there was way less like danger yeah you know yeah. they were in like it was it was almost it too scary. easy it was like almost too easy for them to, to accomplish the task that they had set out to, to accomplish mm-hmm. and the danger factor is way down it's pretty much only jump scares uh, there are a couple decent ones like ones that don't feel cheap you know yeah and there's some good tension and whatnot but it's not it isn't as uh, scary as the first one but i feel like the the marketing focused a lot on them having other people in the world who weren't worth saving and the, the movie itself spends really very little time on that aspect of it mm. yeah thought that would have been more interesting than what they they did focus on yeah yeah, I guess I'll just give it a rating here. Um, like I said, I still thought it was well made enough. It's just it's not as good as the first, and more of the same. I mean, if you like the first one, I would definitely definitely recommend you see the second one. It's pretty good as far as sequels go, but uh, I'll just give it a last resort. It's a last resort. Yeah, I, I agree with the last resort. All right. What else have you seen recently on Netflix? On Netflix, this is a, a movie that I saw the trailer for many, many times between 2019 and 2020 at the theater. And it's uh, it finally got released on Netflix in 2021. It's called The Woman in the Window. Fun fact, I was uh, in the theater and the, uh, I forget which movie I was seeing, but they showed the trailer for this movie and uh after the trailer or maybe even during the trailer a woman in her uh the middle-aged to older woman 50s or 60s shouts to her friend who is sitting in the seat directly next to her i read that book it wasn't that scary (laughs) (laughs) and that has been burned in my head ever since but uh we'll see if i agree <laughs> it was directed by Joe Wright. It stars Amy Adams, Fred Hetchner, Hetchinger, Eckinger. I don't know how to say that name. Uh, Gary Oldman, Julianne Moore, Jennifer Jason Lee, uh, Wyatt Russell, Brian Tyree Harry, uh, Janine Sorales, Anthony Mackie. Mariah Bozeman and the synopsis is an an agoraphobic woman living alone in New York begins spying on her new neighbors only to witness a disturbing act of violence. Now there's some very obvious homages to Hitchcock throughout this movie. And uh, I don't know if it necessarily lives up to the Hitchcock uh, reputation, but it was pretty darn good i really uh i i won't i don't know if i'd say i'm surprised because i was kind of looking forward to this one but um i think it exceeded my expectations as far as uh like how good it was (laughs) sorry to cut you off but this is the second movie in a row where you've talked about uh 
your expectations of the movie and <laughs> and it just it just has to be brought up uh mad tv lowered expectations <laughs> So that's all I'm thinking of as soon as you say that. Oh, that's well, what you gotta do. What if you really want to enjoy a movie, you just gotta lower your expectations. And if you uh want to use a top-notch dating service uh <laughs> by phone, <laughs> landline. <laughs> well, I think it was uh VHS tapes that so you had to you had to mail them in. Yeah. <laughs> there wasn't there uh I think you leave messages for people or whatever if you called. I think that might have been part of it too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I wouldn't say I went in with super low expectations. Like you said, I I, I kind of knew what I was getting into, I think. Um, but like even the execution was better than I, I had hoped. Um, Amy Adams is really good. She plays, uh, like it said, an agoraphobic woman. Uh, so she she can't physically leave her house because she's you know you got a uh, irrational fear of the outside mm-hmm. and um there's some there's a lot of gaslightery going on in this <laughs> script there's a lot of a lot of mind fucking going on and uh, they do a great job of making you question what is actually happening in the movie uh like what what is reality uh versus what maybe she made up in her head maybe it didn't happen you don't know and um you know the uh they they do a great job to keep you guessing as to to what actually happened as the main character questions her own sanity because you know maybe you know she's on medication but she's also drinking and maybe she didn't take her pills or maybe she did and you know who knows and um I would say, like, once they start un- uh, revealing everything, like, it ramps up really good at the end. Like, it gets pretty intense, and uh, it's a pretty great finish, in my opinion. A lot of, like, unique camera work that I thought was pretty innovative. Um, yeah, just overall, uh, a pretty damn good movie. Great thriller. Um, so I would recommend The Woman and the Widow, Woman in the window is a WTM eventually. Eventually. All right. Well, I've seen another 2021 film. This one, not in the theater, although it is in the theater. Uh, Those Who Wish Me Dead. I saw it on HBO Max. Although I would have paid to see it in the theater. But I got to use that subscription. (laughs) Get my money's worth. That's what it's there for. Uh, directed by Taylor Sheridan. The main reason I was excited to see this. Uh, Angelina, it stars Angelina Jolie, Finn Little, John Bernthal, Aiden Gillen, Nicholas Holt, Jake Weber, your boy, Tyler Perry. My, why is he my boy? Because <laughs> you're just such a huge fan of his. I don't think I've ever seen a Tyler Perry. Well, I, I've seen him in movies, but I don't think yeah. I've ever seen like a Tyler Perry Presents movie. Yeah, but I know you just love him when he shows up, pops up in films. <laughs> he was the best part of Gone Girl. <laughs> and that's that's a fact. Yeah. Uh, but it's not saying much. 
because <laughs> that movie sucks. <laughs> I didn't mind Gone Girl, but I, I would also agree with you that he's pretty good in Gone Girl. Surprisingly good, yes. Uh, Tori Kittles also in this film. Uh, James didn't, Jordan. I was gonna say, didn't Tori Kittles play for the New Jersey Nets? But I think that was Carrie <laughs> Kittles. Yeah, that it was. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that'll do it for the cast synopsis a teenage murder witness finds himself pursued by twin assassins in the Montana wilderness with a survival expert tasked with protecting him and a forest fire threatening to consume them all so I was following along with this movie while it was in production because big fan of Taylor Sheridan how many acres did they burn in the filming of this movie I'm guessing zero oh <laughs> the fire does look pretty fake it's pretty intense though yeah but you can tell it's all cgi yeah i would laugh if they legit were starting forest fires just to make a movie about yeah. it but even if you had it like enclosed off if you just had like six trees in an enclosed area you know no chance of it spreading i think yeah. people would still probably give them shit for burning six trees that were alive can't kill any living things anymore. It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird way to put it. Yeah. No. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, so I'd heard the storyline. I was like, all right. And then it was like starring Angelina Jolie. So I assumed that she was going to be one of the assassins. Oh, yeah. So I thought they were going to go with like, uh, she's getting back into the, you know, kind of action thriller genre. They're going to make her like a, you know, agent. Was it Mr. and Mrs. Smith? That movie? She's yeah. like a secret spy. Or Salt. Yeah, Salt. She had that within or, the past uh, 10 years. It was the other night and day. Was she in that one? No, that was Cameron Diaz. Oh, I know she did another one that was like that, though. And then when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh, wait, she's a firefighter. <laughs> <laughs> She's just one of the boys. This one, yeah, she is just one of the boys. And it's that is a little hard to get past at first. But for those of you who have trouble getting past that, she isn't in the movie all that much, to, truth be told. She's the quote unquote star, but she yeah. probably has just as much screen time as John Barenthal. Now, I, I was telling you earlier, I, I, I watched this, but I was uh, half dead and I, I was falling asleep like every And it was half past minutes. dead. <laughs> I was uh was DMX the, was there. The little homie half dead, the Snoop Dogg cousin. Who I, I didn't know until like this year who was an actual person. I thought he was just like a fictional character that Snoop made up. <laughs> but but I kept dozing off and then like like I'd I'd fall asleep for a couple minutes and wake up and then like I'd watch her a little bit and I'd fall asleep. And uh so I m- missed some stuff in this movie. And uh, sorry, I got to correct myself. Uh, DMX was not in half past dead. That was Ja Rule. Oh, Morris Chestnut. Oh, boy. And any half past dead fans out there, you know, Steven Seagal, you know, we got a lot of those fans too. So we're going to talk about Ja Rule later. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Make some noise. Only for the rule, baby. You ever see that? Uh, the clip of him playing the Milwaukee Bucks halftime, and he goes, "Let me hear you make some noise." Okay. 
<laughs> just silenced. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, Vanilla heard. Ice at halftime of the T-Wolves game a few years ago. <laughs> I'm sure he was more over than Ja Rule was. I'm pretty sure he played Ice Ice Baby twice. It was like he opened and closed with it, and there was like probably three minutes of something else in the middle. <laughs> yeah. Did he do the, the heavy metal version? I don't think so. Okay. I don't even know what other songs he had besides the ninja rap. <laughs> <laughs> go ninja, go ninja, go. He improvised that whole song <laughs> off, the, off the top of his head on the spot. Well, that just speaks to you know the level of talent he has as a lyricist. Exactly. Totally agree. So yeah, that's right. Talking about <laughs> those who wish me dead. <laughs> um, so but yeah, I mean, maybe Bernthal doesn't have as much screen time as Jolie, but Jolie really doesn't have all that much. There's a lot of there's other set pieces where she's not involved at all. Yeah, it's a real like kind of ensemble piece, yeah. I think. Like there's there's nobody that really like stands out as like the lead above everybody else mm-hmm. like everybody's kind of equal screen time i think in fact it's almost distracting thinking about it like why did she agree to do this movie maybe there is more scenes for her in the script or something or maybe she was just fine with kind of doing more of an ensemble piece maybe she thought she was signing up for that john cena movie <laughs> and their scripts got switched at or you know their whatever uh, or they showed up at the wrong sets. Fast nine? <laughs> no, the John Cena fucking uh uh fire jumper movie. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even remember what it's called now. It was a kid's movie. It was uh Yeah, I can't remember. Him and uh Judy Greer or whatever. Yeah. But uh yeah, she's fine in it, but uh easily could have been done by number of other actors uh bernthal was pretty good i liked uh the guy from the wire mayor carcetti yeah uh, he was good in there from 12 rounds aiden, aiden something is his name he was the bad guy in 12 rounds he's also in the beginning of dark Knight rises he's the cia agent <laughs> he's irish but he always plays american it pisses me <laughs> off <laughs> Yeah, uh, pretty sure he showed up in uh, Boardwalk Empire. Been watching that recently. Probably. There's a lot of crossover with the HBO shows back then. Yeah. And uh, yeah, so there's some good performances. Uh, there's some really cool uh, set pieces, I thought. Some really good uh, tension. I always love to support my boy Taylor Sheridan. So yeah, I would recommend uh, you see this. I'll give it a light eventually <laughs> eventually all right i'm gonna abstain from uh, rating it until i can stay awake through the whole thing yeah definitely uh the film of his i like the least but i think it's still worth watching i mean they don't waste any time like it's all like from the jump it's like you're right into the story yeah it's was 140 minutes i think yeah, it's real tight. Mm-hmm. That's what she said. 
question to be that's what he said well it could go both ways yeah i'm sure that, you do that's what she said <laughs> <laughs> anyways uh last movie i'm gonna talk about which i didn't expect to enjoy let alone talk about on this podcast it's from 2021 and it's called cruella i almost didn't allow you to talk about it on the podcast but disney movie (laughs) i saw it in the theater so you know uh directed by craig gillespie and it stars emma stone emma thompson joel fry paul walter hauser john mccray emily beecham and mark strong i do like that director because he did itania and uh i mean well i'll talk about it a little later but paul walter hauser is fantastic in this and pretty much everything else he does oh really i didn't know he was in it yeah he plays a brit and i'm like yeah <laughs> yeah let's get nice. more americans playing british people yeah do it uh the synopsis <laughs> what a who who writes this synopsis and says that's helpful a live action prequel featuring film following or sorry a live action prequel feature film following a young cruella deville that, yeah, doesn't, that doesn't tell, tell you, you shit, shit. <laughs> like i gotta figure that out based on the poster but is they're yeah. just expecting everyone knows everything about 101 dalmatians now i did go back and i watched the the 1990s 101 dalmatians after this and there's a lot of incongruities like there's a lot of continuity oh differences that movie i didn't realize uh, it's gonna john, take me out of it if i watch john it. hughes john hughes wrote that movie oh really you know that no. and like the second half is like home alone but it's animals instead of a little kid like yeah. it's all fucking slapstick for like the last 40 minutes but Cruella, I, I would put that over over this one, the uh, the '90s one. Um, it was much more interesting. It's um, it's not watered down for kids at all. Like it's, you can tell that the 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 target market is um, to get people to stop smoking. <laughs> well, I'm trying to think if she's target market this one is or not. I don't know. I don't know if she smokes in this. I can't remember. You remember Target Market? Yeah, I remember Target <laughs> Market. That's the truth. I remember it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like it's I think it's pretty clear, like the the demographics they're going for are like teenage girls and then people in their like 30s who grew up watching 101 Dalmatians in the 90s. So it's um you know, got a little bit something for for everybody uh, in those brackets, if you will. And so, like, it starts, you know, when she's a child and kind of goes through how she met her two stooges and then um, how they, uh, you know, kind of grew up and how she got into, you know, fashion and all this shit. And then... Like she runs into this, uh, or she starts working for this woman called the Baroness, who is basically like the Cruella Deville of the the '90s movie. Mm-hmm. Like it's it's basically the same character, and then it's like the new generation versus the old generation. 
and it's actually like way way better than i thought it would be like i i didn't expect to like this at all i thought they were gonna do like more of a like a joker or a harley quinn kind of type of movie and it's i would take this over both of those movies uh I, I I liked it that much. The soundtrack is fantastic. It's got um, a ton of classic rock on the soundtrack. Like I said, Paul Walter Hauser is fantastic. Um, Emma Stone is really really good. Just in general, like it's it's a really enjoyable movie. It's two hours and fourteen minutes, but it never drags. Like the pacing is great. Like it's always go 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 go. So. Yeah, I would I would recommend it. Cruella, WTM eventually. Eventually. All right. Well, last recently seen episode, you challenged me to watch the remake of Assault on Precinct 13 from 2005. So I did. It was directed by Jean-Francois Richet. Richet. Starring, is it Rishay? I think so. Starring Ethan Hawke, Lawrence Fishburne, Gabriel Byrne, Maria Bello, Drea De Matteo, John Leguizano, Brian Dennehy, Ja Rule, Curry Graham, Aisha Hines, Kim Coates, and that'll about do it for the cast. Synopsis. A police sergeant must rally the cops and prisoners together to protect themselves on New Year's Eve, just as corrupt policemen surround the station with the intent of killing all to keep their deception in the ranks. That's a bit of a spoiler. Yeah, it's, a, <laughs> it's also a poorly worded run-on sentence. It's kind of a spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, a remake of John Carpenter's a uh, film of the same name from 76. And uh, I will say I still like the original better. And you saw the original first, obviously. Yeah. Right. Not to, it was only, it was within the past four years, I'd say. I saw the original yeah. for the first time. I saw the remake in the theater, not knowing that it was a remake. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't find out it was a remake till like 10 years later. I remember thinking when I saw the original that it was maybe a little overhyped for me. So all, all I heard was, you know, how great it was. It was yeah. still good and I still liked it. But one of those I need to watch again, maybe to appreciate more. Yeah, I felt that way the first time I saw it. But then I was like, man, I kind of want to watch that again. And I, well, yeah. the second time I'm like, this is great, man. This is, it's got a great, it's got one of those good uh, John Carpenter scores on it. Yeah. The, you know the the, the same kind of music running throughout the whole movie yeah um but it's much more simplistic than the remake the remake takes it kind of to a whole different place literally and the location is different and also there's a whole lot more going on in the remake than in the original yeah for this one i thought the performances were fine they do put a couple of twists on things. I mean, it's pretty much the same exact movie, but there's a there's a couple tweaks. The remake is takes place during a blizzard. Yep. Um, which in is Detroit. different. Yeah, in Detroit. 
What was the first one original? I think it was Los Angeles. Okay. And I think it was in the middle of summer. Yeah, there was definitely no snow on the ground. And the in the original, it was just like a a gang with like a like a vendetta against the police. Yep. And this is police versus police, <laughs> corrupt <laughs> cops. So uh, yeah, Ethan Hawke and Lawrence Fishburne are Fishburne are uh, they're fine together. There was one thing in here. I won't spoil it yet, but Maria Bello uh, played a supporting role in here. And the way they handled her character was kind of surprising. Uh, it's always good to see Gabriel Byrne and things. Don't really see him in too much. Right. Yeah. I was surprised how, how many like bigger names there were in the cast. Yeah. Andrea De Matteo. This is during Sopranos. So. She was yeah. pretty popular at the time. Yeah, I remember that. And then J- John Leguizamo, you know, he's yep. pretty, pretty well known. Mm-hmm. Brian Dennehy, Ja Rule was still kind of hanging in the music game in 2005. Yeah, like he hadn't become like the the laughing stock of of the rap game yet. But uh, yeah, a pretty, for the most part besides those slight differences kind of a paint by numbers remake um it was enjoyable but you know not as good as the first one and might as well just watch the first one right so i will give this a last resort that's a last resort yeah i hadn't seen this i can't remember the last time i watched this it's probably been 10 years and um having seen the original twice since then yeah, I, I agree with that. <laughs> like it, it doesn't uh, doesn't really come up to the same standard of the original. All right, so I suppose I should uh, challenge you to watch something for the next recently seen episode. Yeah. This is a challenge. Your long break is over. I'm bringing you back to Bond. So. You're going to have to watch 1971's Diamonds Are Forever. Okay. Last, one, last one you watched was on Her Majesty's, Majesty's Secret Service with Lazenby. And, so, like, yeah. and he wouldn't shave his beard because he was a hippie at the time. <laughs> thought that was going to last. And they're like, okay, we need Connery back. So they gave him a million dollars to come back and do this movie, which is not good. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, there's, there's fun stuff. There's fun aspects to it. Okay. Um, Blofeld's back. Another actor, of course. I think it's Charles Gray, who played a different character in You Only Live Twice. So you might recognize him. And then uh, it's Bond goes to Las Vegas. <laughs> who doesn't want to watch that? 1971 Las Vegas. That could be interesting. And he runs into Joe Pesci and Robert De Niro. There's these... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> There's also these uh, two gay hitmen that are trying to kill Bond the whole movie. Oh, that's, that's interesting. And one of them is uh, Crispin Glover's father. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that's interesting. <laughs> uh, Connery has a terrible rug on his head. Well, how can you tell? It's <laughs> <laughs> so natural. Uh, but yeah, there's some uh, fun stuff in this one. So I'm just hoping like, because this is one of my least favorite ones. 
like one I don't revisit too much. Yeah, we'll but, see. Because I feel like the ones that you like more, I haven't liked as much. Yeah. And the ones that you've liked less, I've liked more. That's what I'm thinking. So I'm, I'm guessing maybe since this one is more ridiculous and cheesy, maybe you'll yeah. enjoy it more. I do like the, the cheesy stuff. Except for that 20, 30 minute slow motion underwater fight that they had in uh, Thunderball or whatever it was. <laughs> Just the one to end. <laughs> it was so boring there. Like those, why are they fighting underwater? This doesn't even make sense. There's an underwater, there's a base that you have to go underwater to get to. Oh man. So they're like fist right. fighting in At the At least ocean. in the remake, that's what they do. They're fist fighting in the ocean. Yeah, so back to Bond. I do, do kind of want to mention you, you brought up Crispin Glover. They uh they ran back to the future at the, the local theater over here mm, uh earlier right. this week. Actually, they they had it on the schedule for, for Friday of last week, but when I tried to order a ticket, it said uh there were two forty nine for adults and ninety nine dollars for kids. And then they didn't let me pick a spot. And so I, I inquired about it and they eventually marked them as sold out. And then Monday they actually did run it. So I went to see Back to the Future in the theater. I was the only one in the theater. It was great. And uh, it'd been a while since I'd seen that movie. And it's maybe even better than I remembered. Uh, you know, I've been thinking like, why are people so obsessed with Back to the Future? And I'm like, oh yeah, it's, it is really fucking good. Yeah. So uh, I really enjoyed that experience. Wish I could have checked that out. Much better than a lot of the new movies I've been going to see. <laughs> and if you're wondering, uh, Crispin Glover's father's name is Bruce Glover. Plays Mr. Wint. I see. And his partner in crime and in life is Mr. Kid. <laughs> <laughs> and his name is Putter Smith. <laughs> Oh boy. He wasn't really much of an actor. He was kind of like a musician. Oh, I see. Uh, anyways, um, so yeah, we'll kind of wrap up the show and then we'll get into some spoilers for Salt and Precinct 13. Do you uh, want me to quick run through the other movies I've seen in the theater? Because I don't know if I'll review these the next time because I'm going three times a week. No, that's okay. Maybe I'll post them. Mention it next time. I'll post them on Twitter. Yeah, it's, that'll be good. They're pretty much all last resorts. Yeah. One what? might be in eventually. Why don't you uh, tell the folks at home about, um, well, I guess it's not Teespring anymore, but Spring and uh, your Spring. podcast. Yeah, you can, uh, well, I go look to see what our new store URL is. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you about the Positively Wolfie podcast where we provide unqualified commentary on allegedly real news, uh, where we find uh, headlines that sound like fake news but are real. We start talking about them and then probably get off on a tangent and talk a bunch of other shit, uh, usually pop culture or stories about stuff that we've experienced and things of that nature. So it's a lot of fun. Uh, So check that out put out episodes every friday and if you want wtm merch the new url is wtm watch this movie dot creator slash spring dot com 
Isn't that our URL? Because we're the creators. That's the uh, the store URL. Okay, I thought that was like the secret URL for us or you when you post stuff since you're the creator. No, and I screwed up the URL on my Positively Wolfy store because I think I went in there when they were transitioning and it had like basically removed all my merchandise that was out there and I tried to get it back in and then add it back to the store. And so now mine's like Positively Wolfy 3 <laughs> instead of just Positively Wolfy. Because like yeah. I, I tried it like two or three times and I kept adding a number to the URL, even though like I already had the Positively Wolfy one. So I'm not happy about that. But I don't know, maybe you could throw that in the, the show notes or something. Um, I did update it on my Twitter profile. Um, and then I sent it to Eric. I don't know if he updated it on the WTM one or not. Yeah, I haven't yet, but I did get your email. So, yeah, if you want it and it's too hard to remember it, just reach out to one of us. We can send it to you and you can check out our sweet merchandise and uh, help support the show that way. Yeah, you can reach out to us. You can email us at watchthismovie at yahoo.com. Follow us on Twitter at watchthis underscore movie or Brett at positivelywolf1. Uh, you can check out our website at wtmwatchthismovie.com. And please rate and review and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and many other podcast apps. So let's talk a little bit more about Assault on Precinct 13. Let's talk about Maria Bello's character. I was surprised that they did kill her. Yeah. Because it was like, well, she's going to be the love interest all the way throughout the film. And, you know, they, she was caught initially and like, well, they're, they're going to use her as a bargaining chip towards the end of the movie. Yeah. Kind of like a ransom type of deal. And um, then they're just like, shoot her like five minutes later. <laughs> right in the head. <laughs> yeah, no sympathy for her. She was like the uh, psychologist or psychiatrist or therapist or whatever. Because like the movie starts with Ethan Hawke on an undercover drug bust. And uh, he yep. gets shot, and then both of his partners get killed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so, so he's uh, in therapy to get over that, and you know he's grumpy and alcoholic and doesn't take it kid. seriously. Yeah, and so, but he blames himself. And then Drea De Mateo's just like the secretary or something, and she's just like fucking cock teasing every guy that comes into the fucking <laughs> yeah. station. I thought it was weird that yeah she was dressed like I don't even know how to describe it like she did on like she dressed on the Sopranos yeah like she was wearing fishnets I think and uh, what do you call, what's that term for like uh, like an Italian whore is <laughs> basically <laughs> you know what I mean like as a, sl- a slutty looking Italian woman isn't there a term for that I don't know specifically are you thinking like Guidette. <laughs> <laughs> uh no but um i mean i know guma was like the italian for you know their mistress yeah. so that's not it but i don't know if they're specifically like she's not like a meatball because she's too tall and skinny <laughs> <laughs> i'm just trying to think back of when i used to watch jersey shore 
<laughs> Guidette might fit though. Remember on Jersey Shore when they showed the like they they promoted in an episode by showing Snooky get punched in the face by a guy, and they replayed it like dozens and dozens of times. Mm-hmm. And then when the episode aired, they they felt like it was uh, morally wrong to show that, so they cut it out of the actual episode. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's not like I'm saying she's dressing slutty. It was dressing slutty for the environment she was in. You're Didn't look professional. And it was, <laughs> so shaming. And it was a real rundown precinct. That's why they're closing it. Well, she she was acting slutty, too. Yeah. But, uh, like I said, she was a cock tease. It was. Uh, I now guess you're technic- cock blaming, Brett. <laughs> cock shaming. Cock tease shaming. Saw another article this week about how uh, the school dress code telling girls to cover themselves up is sexist and anti-feminist or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> like twice a year, they they run those articles because I don't know why. But, uh, <laughs> like nothing changed. It's like the same thing. Like this has never happened in the history of school, but it's like for fucking fifteen years. That's like the same article every every year. But. uh <laughs> They gather everyone for the meeting. All right, folks, it's June. You know what that means? Run it again. <laughs> <laughs> and then they like, it's all, you know, it's not my fault. The boys are looking at my tits, which are, <laughs> you know, 75% uncovered. <laughs> <sighs> but anyways, in the movie, it's, uh, I guess technically it's a New Year's Eve party because they're they're closing on New Year's Eve and then they're going to stay there till I don't know when they plan on it was an overnight thing or what. When they get good drunk so they can drive drunk home. (laughs) And uh, but they're holding prisoners. No, no, that's right. So there was a prison transport. It's like Lawrence Fishburne's like the big the big fish, like the big uh, you know, kingpin. Mm -hmm. And then there's a couple other like minor criminals with him and they're being transported from one precinct to the other and they get rerouted due to a snowstorm to 13 even though 13 has had all their computers taken out like it's just like a skeleton crew there's all their equipment's gone there's nothing there to to hold these criminals you just got the jail cells but like there's like good security there and they just dump these criminals there and they're like well you know, we'll stay here till the snow stops. But uh, well, the bus was sliding all over the road. Had that's to right. had to pull over. Pretty much any other movie, that bus would flip and the criminals would get out. But this movie, <laughs> they needed them to stay in, mm-hmm. so so they made it there. Kind of a fine way to switch it up, but you know, it was whatever. <laughs> right. Well, and then too, I like we mentioned in the in the original, it was like a street gang who was. They just did like a vendetta against the cops, so they're like they didn't give a shit. I think they also had like a satanic ritual or something, so like like they didn't care if they died. And uh in this one it's cops like trying to cover up their corruption. Um yeah. I don't remember exactly. Uh I forget all the ins and outs of all the corruption stuff that Well, that they were just basically all up. working with Lawrence Fishburne. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Working then, with him uh, and his organization. He worked with all the dirty cops. 
So I remember in the they theater, wanted him to roll on him. Yeah, I remember in the theater trying to figure out who the mole was, and then when it was Brian Dennehy, I'm like, what the fuck, Brian Dennehy? Yeah, that didn't uh, really surprise me. Although it's not like when I first met his character, I was like, oh, I bet you he's going to be a mole. Yeah. But after about halfway through, when you kind of discover that, I'm like, well, he's got to be the mole. They haven't been showing him the whole time now. He's he's been mysteriously off screen, and uh, trying to uh, dissuade them from like doing anything productive. Yeah, he's like, uh, you know, they're like, can we call for help? Like, phone lines are dead. <laughs> like, what about the radios? They jammed the frequency. Like, did you try it? They jammed them all. <laughs> like, oh no, you didn't try it. <laughs> They did have the red herring, though. That one dude shows up and they start shooting at him as he's coming to the the precinct. And then uh, I forget he like went to get liquor or something. And like he gets by, and everybody's like, "Well, he must be the the mole because they wouldn't let him in. If uh, if he wasn't, they would have killed him." Yep. But, uh, yeah, yeah. They, just some decent action, okay tension, but it was. One of those things you can just pass the time if it's on TV, I suppose. Yeah, I just, uh, I don't know. Like I said, I saw this in the theater in 2005, and at the time it was pretty sweet. It was lit off at the time. I didn't, uh, we didn't say that back in the day, but you know, it was say lit off. <laughs> it was, uh, maybe if you had a lisp. <laughs> 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 but uh yeah uh, having not seen this in over 10 years and then um having seen the original twice in the in the in the meantime i i have a, a much bigger appreciation for the original and uh this one like you said it's it's just more of a generic kind of by the numbers action movie very of its time 2005 yeah I would say of its time when a lot of remakes came out, but <laughs> that isn't uh, mutually exclusive with it, with it, the time it came out. That doesn't narrow it down. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I think there's a lot of movies similar, like stylistically and just in general that were coming out in 2005. Yeah. The mid-aughts. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, anything else you want to talk about? No, I think we covered it. All right, we will check you later. Guess we'll see you around. All right, check you later. Bye. Wait, man, why do you always shut your door, man? What are you talking about? Check you later. Check you later. (laughs) Hey, man, you off my case.